Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Gifted. As Christ followers, God has gifted each and every one of us with special attributes or qualities from the Holy Spirit. During this series, we'll take a closer look at each spiritual gift to better understand the purposes and God's design for these gifts. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. So today we're in the, the final series, the final message of this series called Gifted. And we've heard from people throughout this series who have shared with us about their spiritual gifts. And I've asked uh, our youth pastor, David Siler, to come up and share with us today. So David, come on up. Morning, Valerbrook. So glad, uh, again, that you guys are here. I um, just want to share a little bit about my story. Um, growing up, my life was very different than most kids. Um, at the age of three, I was diagnosed with cancer. So I spent pretty much the ages three to six in and out of St. Jude Children's Hospital. Um, I felt like I was there all the time, you know, almost lived there and uh, at the hospital in the La Quinta Inn that was right down the road. Um, so for those, you know, three years, I had a lot of like radiation and chemotherapy treatments and um, and it was just very different. That was kind of the only thing that I knew. Um, and really the effects of the cancer and the treatments have um, really still are kind of long lasting and I still deal with some of those. I have a lot of different medical issues and medications that I take um, every day, you know, all those fun stuff. I have like the old person pill pack that I have to carry around. Um, you know, I feel like I'm like in my 70s or 80s every time I have to fill it each week. but. Um, but, you know, God has used my battle um, with cancer and my experiences really in some amazing ways as well. Um, throughout my time in and out of the hospital, um, you know, growing up, I was always hearing from people that they were praying for me. Um, I would hear from, from family, and I'd hear from, you know, friends and friends' parents, but I also, like, would hear it from, you know, my grandparents that their whole church was praying for me, or they would tell me, like, all their friends' names, and I'm like, I don't know any of those people, but okay, you know. I would get cards, and I would get letters in the mail from, from people that I'd probably never meet, um, and I would see people at church, and, and really not just when I had cancer, but even years after that, who, you know, they would look at me, and they would act like we were best friends, and I, I had no idea who they were, so again, my life was, uh, was very different. Um, and really, when I was seven years old, I was done with all my cancer treatment. I was um, living a little bit more normal life, and I was going to school, and, and I was in the car on the way home from school one day, and I really felt God um, speaking to me. And, and then God was telling me, um, yes, like God used the, can- the radiation and the chemo and the doctors to, um, to heal me of the cancer, but the reason that I was still alive today was because of the prayers that were lifted up. You know, God told me, the reason you're alive is because of those prayers, because of those people, and because I saved your life. And God was telling me, I saved your life for a purpose. Obviously, at the age of seven, I had no idea what that purpose was. Um, At the age of seven, I probably couldn't necessarily, like, really define purpose in a clear way either. I didn't know what any purpose really, really was or what that meant. Um, But I just knew that God saved me for a purpose. Um... Skip ahead a few years, and I was in, in middle school camp. I was in eighth grade, um, which for those of you who don't know, we're about to go to middle school camp tomorrow, so it's kind of, you know, just kind of the right time to share this. But 
I was in eighth grade um, middle school camp, and God was telling me, you remember years ago when I told you that I saved you for a purpose? Here is your purpose. God was telling me, I want you to be, um, to be a youth pastor. I want you to be a pastor. I want you to serve me um, in ministry. And that was when it became clear, like, this is what God's purpose is. But, here's the but. When I was in middle school, I was a super awkward kid. I was the one that, like, said things thinking they were funny and no one laughed. But then I said things that I didn't think were funny and other people laughed. So I had really had, like, no social skills. I saw myself as mediocre and average at best, really, at everything. Um, I didn't see anything that I was really good at um, except for not making people laugh when I thought they should. But, you know, I really always felt out of place. And some of that was because of social skills. Some of that was because of um, the effects that cancer had on me and my body. And I always felt out of place. And so I'm, I wondered, like, how am I going to do this? Like, how has God actually gifted me for this? But I say, God, I know, like, this is what you're calling me for, so this is, this is what I'll do. So I followed him, you know, years down the line as I got older and grew in my faith and began training for ministry. I began to see more of the spiritual gifts that God had given me. Um, one of the first ones I saw and that people really saw in me was um, the gift of pastoring and shepherding. Um, and really just caring for people. Um, I actually had the opportunity um, early on in like college and seminary to go to a friend's church and lead a small group at a, at a, weekend, um, at a weekend retreat. And uh, my friend tells me when I first got there, he's telling me about the students, and he said, oh, there's this one kid. He um, is dealing with cancer. He just recently um, was, was healed of it, but he kind of still feels really awkward. He's smaller than the other kids and, and really always feels out of place. <laughs> and I just kind of smiled and I was like, you know that I had cancer. And we actually had the same cancer. Um, so I was able to really minister to this kid and um, I was really able to tell him as close as possible, like, I understand a lot of what you're going through. Um, and that was something that he had never, like, actually heard you know, from someone who went through the same thing. You know, my experience with, with cancer was able to, um, gave me the ability to relate to him and give him the, the love and understanding that, that really no one else that he knew could actually give. Um, so God used that experience and God used that gift in me. You know, as I, as I got older, I also saw that God gifted me for administration and teaching and leadership. I found that God gifted me for what he wanted me to do with my life. You know, God had a plan for my life, and he continues to help me grow through my experiences using my spiritual gifts, and he helps me go through, um, grow through the good experiences and the bad experiences. Um, you know, when I was three, I had no idea what, I thought that cancer was just a curse, it was terrible, but, um, you know, God used it for better things. So, if you're interested in discovering your spiritual gifts, how to use them, um, or if you're just, you know, curious, we'd love to have you take Growth Track because that's an awesome opportunity that we have here to help us learn and understand our spiritual gifts. And uh, here at Valleybrook, we'd also love to um, help connect you with ways to use those gifts, whether that's serving in our church or in the community or, or really whatever God has for you. Thanks, Clark.
You know, David uh, gave, gave us a, a great lead into today's message. And, you know, the, the vision for this series of messages has been to help you to understand and to fulfill your divine purpose that God has for your life. And scripture tells us, which something I've been telling you all through this series, is that God has gifted us and wants to fulfill his purposes through our lives. So let me tell you why that's important for you. All right. I know that most of you are grateful for your jobs. I know, in fact, that you're probably like what you do for a living. A few of you would say, no, I hate it. Some others of you say, I love what I do. I love the people that I work with. But I suspect, I suspect at the end of the day, many of you wonder if this job that I do is all there is to life. While you like that job, it doesn't satisfy the deeper needs that stir in the depths of your soul. It doesn't, feel, doesn't fill you with deep inner joy. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, you enjoy the, the paycheck because it provides for your needs. But I suspect that, that many of us um, wonder if what we're doing really makes a difference. I mean, think about it. We've, we probably have all been to a retirement party at some time where everybody says nice things about the retiree and uh, there's a celebration. Uh, but guess what happens the next day at that person's old job? The work goes on. Uh, the job uh, must be done. It's just being done by somebody else. The reason why it's so important for each of us to find our spiritual gifts and use them is because it gives us the opportunity to participate in something that has lasting impact and eternal consequences. It will live on forever after you are gone. It will be your legacy and people will be in heaven forever because of you. So finding your spiritual gifts and using them will allow you to be used by God in ways that you never imagined and that will fill your hearts to overflowing. So that's why I'm so passionate about you finding and using your spiritual gifts. So as I said, this morning we're going to conclude this series called Gifted, which is about spiritual gifts. Uh, the Bible tells us these truths uh, about spiritual gifts. When you came to faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you, to, to live in you. And uh, some of you may say that that's what it means to be filled by the Holy Spirit. That's right. But second of all, the Holy Spirit came and gave you spiritual gifts to use to glorify God, to build up the body of Christ, and to reach the world for Jesus. And finally, while the Holy Spirit gave you spiritual gifts, you need to understand this. You're not necessarily ready to use them. Yes, they come ready to use, but you may not be at the place where, number one, you even recognize that you've been given the gift. Number two, where you're at the place where you're spiritually or emotionally mature to understand them and how you're supposed to use them. So most of us need to invest the time to discover our gifts, learn how to use them, and hone our ability to use those gifts in God-honoring ways. So over this month, we, we've looked at about 24 different gifts. We're going to look at the last of those 24 today. And, and these are the gifts that we call leadership gifts. So let me just tell you a little bit about them. In the book of Romans, 
The Apostle Paul writes this about our gifts and particularly about leadership. He says, for the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of you has one body with many different members, and these members do not all have the same functions, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And then he says specifically, if your gift is to lead, do it diligently. Do it diligently. So whether or not you feel like you are a leader, we believe that every single follower of Jesus Christ can take, of, take on the role of leadership in their life at different times, regardless of whether you have a recognized leadership role or leadership title. So, you know, when you take Growth Track, when we go into step three of Growth Track, we teach you about leadership and we define leadership as influence. Leadership is influence, and all of us influence others. So all of us lead others at some time. So uh, in, uh, in understanding that, um, this is what we say, and I'm going to just quote it directly from Grotrack. Leadership is just influence, nothing more, nothing less. It's about influencing others in a worthwhile cause. It is not dependent on titles or positions. It is dependent on people discovering their gifts and passions and then using those to make a difference in the lives of others. I wanted you to know that because, uh, you know, oftentimes when people come into growth track, particularly step three, they're like, whoa, wait a minute, I'm not a leader. Because uh, they think that they have to be somebody that's at a senior leadership level. But, but that's not it. Um, we need to understand that we all have influence. We all have a role to lead in others. But we also need to recognize in the spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit does give different kinds of gifts that are specifically for specific kinds of leadership roles. So we're going to just run through those this morning, all right? The first one is this. It's the gift of apostleship, and I'm going to define it. It'll be on the screen behind me. Apostleship is the ability to pioneer new churches and ministries through planting and overseeing and training. So if you do your own study on the lives of the apostles, particularly Paul and Peter and James, you'll see that those individuals started new churches and started new ministries. And they provided leadership and oversight to both the ministries and the leaders. And they raised up more leaders for that early church. In the book of Galatians, uh, Paul writes this because it just helps us understand uh, the whole idea uh, of apostle. So he said, for God, who is at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, to the Jewish population, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles, to the non-Jewish population. So, so Paul and Peter and James and many of the other disciples understood that they had this gift of apostle and they were supposed to use it. We still see that today, and particularly in those who, who lead movements of churches and church planting movements and also are in movements of leading leaders. 
The second gift this morning is the gift of evangelism. And we define evangelism this way. It is the ability to help non-Christians take the necessary steps to become Christ followers. There's this great story in the book of Acts where one of the disciples, Philip, noticed a man was reading the scripture. And so he asked the man, said, do you understand what you're reading? And uh, the man said, no, I don't. But he, but he realized that Philip did. So he invited him to sit down by him and explain the scriptures to him. And so in the process of explaining the scriptures to him, he, he shared with him about Jesus and how he was the Savior and how he came to save us all. And the man professed faith and asked to be baptized right there on the spot. It's the gift of evangelism, being able to share with others what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Now, let me say this, because this is always important for us to understand, because in the whole idea of, of spiritual gifts, you may have a spiritual gift, but there is also a corresponding role that every follower of Jesus is supposed to fulfill. We talked about this earlier in this month. You know, uh, some of you may have the gift of teaching, but in our children's ministry and in our student ministries, uh, we need uh, oftentimes more teachers than we have people who have the spiritual gift of teacher. And so we ask them to fill, fulfill the role of teaching. The same is true of evangelism. You might say, well, Clark, I don't have the, the gift of evangelism. I can't lead anybody to Christ. You may not have the gift of evangelism, but every follower of Jesus Christ is called to be a witness for Jesus. In fact, whether you own it or not, Every day that you live, you are witnessing to the world what it means to be a follower of Christ. So everybody that knows you're a Christian watches you and says, wow, that's what it means to be a Christian. Hopefully that's what they say, right? Yeah? Uh, or Because the last thing we want them to say is, well, if that's what being a Christian is, I don't want to be one. Um, so own that. You, you, you can't let go of that. You can't erase that. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you fulfill the role 24-7 of being a witness for Jesus. So seek to be the best witness you can in a God-honoring way. The, the next gift is leadership. And leadership is defined as the ability to influence people at their level while directing and focusing them on the big picture vision or idea. So at Valley Brook, as I said earlier, we believe all people can influence people and lead them. But we also have leadership roles, specific leadership roles, like our elders, like our, our ministry directors, like our pastors and other ministry area leaders. And scripture tells us that leaders uh, in the church, we got we to gotta own this. If you have the gift of leadership, you're in a leadership role. It says leaders will be held accountable by God at a higher level. Why? Because they've been given more responsibility. But it's interesting. Scripture also tells us who are followers of leaders uh, that there's a specific way we're supposed to follow. So in the book of Hebrews, we read this. It says, contribute to the joy of leaders so that it's not drudgery for them. Uh, and then it goes on and asks this question, why would you want to make things harder for them? So that, there's that idea that we need to encourage and esteem and build up our leaders even if we don't have the gift of leadership. The next gift is the gift of missionary. Uh, 
we define missionary as the ability to reach others outside of our culture and nationality while in most cases living in that culture or that nation. So listen, it's our desire as a church to raise up and send out missionaries. We've sent out long-term missionaries. Uh, we've come alongside long-term missionaries, but we also want to send out short-term missionaries. Some of you remember that it was earlier this spring we sent a mission team down to Costa Rica, and we were able to, to take the gift that this congregation gave so generally at, at Christmas and deliver it to this orphanage for a specific project that they had, and we were able to minister to kids, and we were able to help in that construction process at the orphanage. And, and we went on your behalf to love and to share Christ through our actions and through our words, and it was an amazing time. Listen, I would encourage you. Uh, we all can be short-term missionaries. Uh, we all can share the love of Jesus, whether we have this gift or not. So uh, we need to. Remember what the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Romans. He said, how can anyone preach unless they are sent? In other words, how can you go and share the good news of Jesus with people who don't know him unless you're sent? And, and then it says this about those who are sent. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful. So that's the gift of missionary. The next gift is the gift of, of music or worship. And it's the ability to sing or dance or play an instrument primarily for the purpose of helping others worship God. You know, in our ministry, uh, while there is a leader of our worship team, everyone who serves on that team are, are leading in worship. J just look at this vision that we read from Psalm 150. Just, just close your eyes and imagine this. It starts off, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Praise God with the trumpet and with the lute and with the harp. Praise him with the drums and with dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and horns. Praise him with the cymbals. Yes, loud clanging cymbals. It's this whole idea that, that we were made to praise and worship God. And we need people who can do that. You do not want me to lead you in singing, okay? Um, you will leave uh, if I do that. So uh, thank God we have people that have the gift of uh, music and worship leadership to do that for us. The, the next gift is the gift of pastor or shepherd. Uh, it's the ability to care for the personal needs of others by nurturing and mending life issues. Pastor David shared how he has the gift of pastor. So when people discover this, now this has been my experience, when people discover that they have the gift of, of, of pastor, sometimes they're shocked. When we're, we're going in uh, through grow track and we do the spiritual gifts test, uh, so far it's been 100%. Everybody understands they have the gift of shep, uh, pastor thinks that uh, they're shocked. You know why? Because they think they have to be a public speaker. They think that's going to require them to preach. But did you hear anything about preaching and that definition? It's the ability to care for the personal needs of others by nurturing and mending life issues. Some of you are probably thinking right now, I wonder if I have the gift of pastor. Maybe you do. Let us come alongside you and help you lean into that and hone that gift. You see, it's about caring for people. The Apostle Peter says this about this gift. He says, tend the flock of God. That is your charge. Not by constraint, but willingly. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not by domineering over those in your charge, but by being examples to the flock. If that's your gift, 
Seek to fulfill it according to what Peter writes. Teaching is the next gift. Teaching is the ability to study and learn from the scriptures primarily to bring understanding and growth to other Christians. Now, scripture tells us this, that one who teaches God's word should not take that gift lightly. Uh, as James says, many of you should, uh, many, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Uh, my mom always used to uh, affirm me as a, as a pastor teacher, and I said, Mom, I appreciate that, but you don't understand the, the weight that that carries with it, because scripture tells me that I'll be judged more strictly. Now, that completes the list of 24 spiritual gifts that we help people learn if they have in our growth track series. Uh, you know, as Pastor David said, we encourage everybody to, to go through those growth track classes, those steps, and, and they happen concurrently the first Sunday of the month through the fourth Sunday of the month, and each step corresponds to that, that number of the Sunday that it is in the month. So there's not growth track today. But let me just sort of remind you of the big purpose of these leadership gifts. In the book of Ephesians, Paul tells us what the, the leadership gifts are for. And this is what he writes. He said, so Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And this is what he says, why that's important. Because then you as followers of Jesus will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament that grows and builds itself up in love as each does its work. So in the body of Christ, the roles of the gifts of leadership are to equip and to build up and to help Christ followers become mature in their faith, to operate in the fullness of their gifting, to, to do their part in the body of Christ. And you see that in these verses. If you think you have a leadership gift, I want to encourage you to, to lean into that gift. To, to work to discover and study more about it, to practice it and hone that ability to use it. And here's the thing we all need to understand about leaderships, gifts, and all gifts. While the gift comes ready to use, the recipient of the gift isn't necessarily ready to use the gift. When we come to faith in Christ, we're not instantaneously spiritually mature. We ourselves may need to grow up spiritually and emotionally and relationally. You know, we, we live in an era where there are many Christian leaders who are famous. If your goal is to use your gift to become famous, to, to become wealthy, uh, then you've already demonstrated your immaturity. Uh, with regards to that gift. The purpose of the spiritual gift of leadership, and in fact, any of these gifts of the Spirit, is not to give anyone fame and fortune. In fact, 
It is to help us serve God as servants. So go back and look at these scriptures and the purpose of these gifts. It's not about the person who receives the gift. It's about what God wants to do with the gift, which is to grow and mature the body of Christ. To glorify God, to build up the body, and to reach people who don't know about Jesus. That's the purpose of these leadership gifts from the Spirit. So let's talk about the big picture of the gifts of the Spirit. I want you to hear and remember how God sees you as believers. Peter the Apostle wrote these words. You are the ones chosen by God. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instrument to do his work and to speak out for him. To tell others of the night and day difference he has made for you. From nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. Here's how God sees you. He sees you as one who is called to do the priestly work of the gospel. He, he sees you as holy. What does that mean? He sees you as set apart. To be holy literally means to be set apart. So you have been set apart for the ministry of what God has called you to, what he's equipped you to with spiritual gifts, where he's placed you in a body of believers to build up that body, to help build them up, to reach the world for Jesus, and to, bring, to give glory. It says you've been chosen by God to do this work. Here's what you need to know, that you are God's plan to do this work. That's why he's poured out his spirit in you to give you the power and ability. That's why the spirit has given you gifts so that you have, un, have and understand your, your specific purpose, your destiny. And that's what he wants you to do. Discovering your spiritual gifts and using them for God will give you life overflowing. It will give you joy that just makes you happy. But you've got to take it and lean into it and to begin to use it. I follow a pastor named David Adamson on Instagram. And I, I really in, like his post because he's a, not only is he a, a gifted writer, but he's also a, a gifted photographer. And uh, uh, recently he posted a picture, which we're going to put up here on the screen. And when you see this picture, he's standing on uh, Mount Arbal in Israel, in the region of Galilee, and, and he's looking out on the Sea of Galilee in that picture. So uh, as, you, as you look there, that's the Sea of Galilee. And as he's looking out, he's, he's in the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee, and he's looking to the northeast, and he's looking north along the, the shore of, of Galilee. And he writes this about that picture. He says, when you stand at the highest point of the mountain, and it's 1,300 feet above sea level, and he says, when you stretch out your arms wide, about two-thirds of the events of Jesus' life took place in the space 
between your arms. This is the place where Jesus lived, he writes. This is the place where Jesus taught. It's the place where he healed. It's the place where he prayed. It's where he called his disciples to a radical life of adventure following him. And and then he goes on, and we're going to show you a map on the next page. Because on this map, you're going to see. So there's Mount Arbel, all right? And as you look to the north and the east, what you see are some of those places. This is Migdal. Uh, 2,000 years ago, this was uh, called... uh, uh, Magdalena, and this is where Mary Magdalene lived, all right? As you, as you go a little bit further uh, north, you see Capernaum. This is where Jesus lived a, a lot of the time in the Gospels, where he did ministry, where he taught, where his home base was. You go up here to uh, the left, a little bit further north, you see the Mount of Beatitudes. This is the place where Jesus preached his most famous message, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and then we see this place a little bit further south, right on the shore of the Sea of Galilee is where we read in the Gospel of John, the 21st chapter, after the resurrection, Jesus had breakfast with the disciples on the shore. And it's on the, along the same beach line where he called James and John to be disciples. And it's right there on the Sea of Galilee where, where Jesus walked on the water. And that's all within the space of your outstretched arms. I wanted you to see that because as you look at that, this is what David Amundsen, Adamson writes. He says, it's amazing to think that Jesus did most of his ministry in this one small area. Okay? What makes me wonder is this. Where is God calling you to do what you were made to do? And he goes on, he says... While I'm sure God has called some people to speak from large platforms to thousands of people to write best-selling books, I think that God calls most of us to serve him in that space that's currently between our hands. All right? The place where God wants you to do two-thirds of your ministry for him might be at home, at your work, at your school, where you live right now. So think that through. And the space between your hands, as you you look out on your life from where you live, God has gifted you. He's called you. He's filled you with his spirit to be able to do things. Do things, listen, that will last for eternity. You know, God has gifted me as a pastor and a teacher, and that means I'm supposed to use my gifts to build you up and to help you as my brothers and sisters in Christ to to grow up and to mature in faith. You know, when we hear a message, we need to allow it to teach us. We need to allow it to exhort us to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. We need to let it move us from just taking in information to living in that space between our hands. God loves you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you so that when you believed in him, you would receive forgiveness of your sins and the promise of eternal life. He didn't stop giving to you there. He poured out the Holy Spirit into you to give you power for living in this world that wants to make you feel powerless and pull you down. But when the Holy Spirit came into your life, That wasn't the end. The Holy Spirit gave you gifts, all right? 
Now, these aren't the kind of gifts that are, are to make you rich and famous. These are the kind of gifts to give glory to God and to build up your brothers and sisters in Christ and to share the good news of Jesus with people who are on the fence or who have yet to hear about Jesus. And I will tell you that that will be more enjoyable, more satisfactory, more exciting than anything you can ever do in life. But you've got to do more than just take that information in. You've got to begin to live it out. That's why we're so passionate about helping you not only discover your spiritual gifts, but then coming alongside you and help you develop a plan to use it and to hone them so that you can enjoy what God has gifted you to do and so that you can make a difference that will live on, that will be your legacy once your time on this earth is over and you spend eternity with Jesus. I don't want you to miss that. I don't want you to miss that. So uh, I'm going to pray for us. And if anyone here is not a follower of Jesus, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell them you believe in him. And then we're going to go into a song, but I, I want to tell you some words about the song after I pray. So if you would, bow your heads. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your care for us. We thank you that you desire for us to know you and live with you forever. So if you've never told Jesus you believe in him, this is your opportunity. Just in, in your seat right now, just with everybody with their eyes closed, just say, Jesus, I get it. I believe in you. Just tell him that. And tell him, Jesus, now I accept your forgiveness for my sins. And then just tell him, Jesus, I want to follow you for the rest of my life. And with your eyes still closed, I'm going to ask you, if you prayed that prayer, just to raise your hand. Raise it high. That's so cool. That is awesome. That's great. Praise God. Now listen for all of us here. God, we thank you for your gifts. We want to trust you and your spirit to work in us as we, we live in this up and down life on earth. But we know that with you and the Holy Spirit, we can do all things. And so we want to lean into these gifts that you've blessed us with that you have poured into us so that we can be a vessel of what you've done in us. And so we offer ourselves and we say we will lean in and learn and use these gifts for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.